Hey everyone, this is Jeff from the You Missed My Childhood podcast. Wow, what the hell was all that? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to come in stronger, but I'm like, Jeff must be up to something. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> I was so lost. <laughs> I still am kind of like, what was all that about? <laughs> anyway, we just want to do a quick intro before the Billy Madison episode, just to kind of talk yeah. about the fact that this is uh, one that we recorded quite a long time ago, actually. It was our sixth episode ever, if I'm not mistaken. I would imagine, given how we named it, number six. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Back in the time when you made it very, very hard to search for our episodes. It was hard times, anyway. <laughs> and yeah, it came to us at a request, uh, by request, at a time when we were pretty much doing primarily requests. It was kind of a half-assed request. It was like, uh, you can do this, these movies, and I think you decided on Billy Madison. Well, every request we had that time was also like from a list of five, so I kind of had to pick like which of those made the most sense to do at the time. And I, see. I think of that list we had, <laughs> that was the only movie that I was like, well, okay, I mean, th- this is a movie that I actually like was important to me when I was 13. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. We uh, kind of famously uh, hinted at this for a long time, and this was the episode that we thought we might never release. Of course, I think we always knew we were going to because we are somewhat lazy and somewhat yeah. busy. And, <laughs> and so eventually, <laughs> just, you know, an old one has to come out. We recorded it, so it's here. But it's the last of the very, very early ones yes. that we recorded and didn't release. So from yeah. here on out, any sort of quality lag is solely because we just haven't learned our lessons yet, not because they were early episodes. <laughs> because we suck. <laughs> I, I, I think, yeah, totally. Yeah, this is kind of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but this is a pivotal episode, too, in the fact that this is uh, the first episode so that we kind of stopped trying to go beat by beat through a plot. Yeah, even though I doggedly try. <laughs> yeah, you still you still did your damn. Like, but and I guess we should mention too, this movie has the late Norm Macdonald in it, and I was kind of you know thinking about almost doing this earlier as a tribute, but then there's literally like two scenes with him in it, and we talked about it even less and than that. One so mention. yes, yeah. exactly. So it's 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 a uh, it's a subpar tribute to someone that deserves a little bit, little bit more than that. I think there is, and I've said this in the podcast, but it just seems like the whole tone of the podcast is like complaining about the movie the whole time. Oh, oh. Um, I know. I hope it's not. Right. And uh, I want to say that I do like this thing in principle, even if it, if not sometimes in practice, where there is a movie that just doesn't make any demands on you uh dramatically or thematically or <laughs> or you don't have to think about anything everything is just silly no i i respect that i just i just i no matter what i think it just kind of greets me when someone's doing a voice the whole movie yeah. and they do voices and that's like what they do we uh dog on the movie enough in the podcast itself <laughs> oh yeah let's, let's stop that oh, yeah but i i do, I do want to come back and say that i do want to revise not my rating on the movie. I think that still stands more or less. Maybe I'll give it like a half a star more or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, why why not? <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> but I do want to come back and also say that I, I said that I don't appreciate random comedy. But then since this podcast or since this episode was recorded, 
I have like come at you several times talking about how you should check out I Think You Should Leave and how much I love it. And then that's a reminder to me how much I do like randomness, just if it's done in the right way. I'm not prepared to discuss that. <laughs> well, we, thank, thankfully, you don't have to. We're about to end this intro. But we just wanted to add another 10 minutes onto this podcast you're about to listen to. <laughs> okay. With drivel. Right. So the actual Billy Madison episode is going to be an improvement on whatever this is. And <laughs> or not. maybe it's the wrong time to solicit this kind of response as well. But um, like and review us oh, on iTunes. Yeah, it turns out it makes a huge freaking difference. Like... We noticed a huge shift in our numbers and we were just asking ourselves what the hell happened and the only answer we could come up with was we were reviewed like by one yeah. person on uh, yep. iTunes so those of you I know you're out there who know us well who are listening yeah, if you're please listening. go out and uh, rate us on iTunes please please yeah, yeah it helps a lot and uh, yeah it's the best thing you do for the podcast Anyway, without much further ado, so we can stop wasting these uh, people's, these fine people's time, exactly. <laughs> let's get into the infamous Billy Madison. Hello there, my name is Jeff Rotschafer. And this is You Missed My Childhood, the podcast where I take a movie that was popular in my youth and share it with my co-host, Ali Tabib Najad. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. How are you, Jeff? You uh, you did, did a little bit of traveling. I haven't gone anywhere for a long time. Yeah, I was uh, lucky enough to be in Florida last week, and uh, there was one day of sunshine and the rest were rainy days of editing and uh, watching television, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch anything good? No. No. My memory is blank of like anything I watched when I was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this weekend I watched uh, a bunch of bad movies mostly. I watched Tenet, nice. which I think I'm going to be a contrarian about. Oh, yeah. I never, I never actually did watch that. Yeah, it's the kind of Christopher Nolan that I don't like, but we are... Not talking about that though. We've got uh, Billy Madison to talk That's about. That's right. Um. <laughs> which which is not <laughs> <laughs> so talk about the quality of movies that you watched over the weekend. Yeah, where we watched Billy Madison. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, how have you been? Oh, I have been crazy, man. Like, there's just been so much going on, and a lot of it I don't want to talk about really because I don't really know what's going to happen in the next few weeks. It's been good. I've been busy, which, you know, I'm still getting used to because I had like eight months of not being busy at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but now, yeah, I, I definitely have my time cut out for me, but doing pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Good. good. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. back to Billy Madison. Yeah. So we watched the movie Billy Madison. So I just wanted to first ask you, you of course know Adam Sandler. Um how do you know Adam Sandler and like where 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 did he come from in your mind? Uh he came from the movies. <laughs> um <laughs> I think he was still making this vaguely the same type of movie um when I came here. So right. I remember watching Little Nicky, Waterboy, something where he was a pizza man. He slowly started doing more serious roles. Uh, I really liked funny people and uh of course uh What's what is it? Gems. Uncut gems. Uncut gems was uh, brilliant. Mm -hmm. You know. So that's that's me and Adam Sandler. How about yourself? Yeah, man. Like so, Adam Sandler. I knew him first from SNL because he was one of the cast members on SNL, and 
Yeah. Like so, in my mind, you know, he was he was there at the same time as Chris Farley, and I thought that was like the peak of SNL. But then I, you know, looking back at it, I guess it's kind of a pretty critically panned time period for for the for the franchise. Huh. But yeah, I just thought he was so funny, and I don't know, I don't know if it's his goofy voices or you know, he like got famous for doing these songs like the Hanukkah song and Thanksgiving song, the Lunch Lady song. Oh yes, yeah. Yes. Do you know any of those songs by chance? I've heard them, but it's yeah, been it's been a while for me too. But that's kind of like my first impression. And then he came out with a with a CD or an album that was called "They're All Gonna Laugh at You," and that was like something huh. that I had to keep hidden. So I actually had it in my bookcase, uh, stored Whoa. in between books. And I think I had to like change out the actual CD case itself so it didn't look like I was listening to an Adam Sandler CD because wow. it was like very vulgar and. Super immature. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so to me, wow. yeah, so to me and like kids my age at that time, that was definitely like a record that we passed around and you know, we did all the skits ourselves and did all the voices. And yeah, that was how I really got to know him. And then these movies came out. And so I watched like the first two or three, probably multiple times, and then after that I kind of just dropped out and just saw like a random one here and there. Of his movies, you mean? Yeah. So I definitely saw Billy Madison a bunch of times, and I saw Happy Gilmore quite a few times. And then from there, I think I reached the age where I wasn't quite as interested, and then I just saw, you know, a random one every few years. So maybe I saw Waterboy, but probably a couple years after it came out. Uh, Punch Drunk Love is one I saw, but that's, you know, a totally different vein. That's his mm. more dramatic turn. Of course, he's the kind of character uh, that, like, when I saw, when I heard the music and saw that Bill, his uh, face on the um, poster, I was like, okay, I know exactly what I'm getting myself mm-hmm. into. Um, and I wasn't yeah. excited about it because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you see an actor kind of, I don't know, grow or have more and more relevant right. jokes. Um with each time and I was like okay this is going to be 80s humor mm-hmm. with Adam Sandler yep Yay. yep totally <laughs> um you know to be honest I also was not very excited about this but the f- the funny thing is <laughs> this is the first movie that Nico watched with me oh cool yeah how did she like it well we can get into that <laughs> in a bit here but <laughs> she has some pretty funny okay. comments here and there so it was um you know it was surreal to because it's a pretty kind of surreal movie but it doesn't go all the way surreal so there's just lots of things yeah. that you know don't really make a whole lot of sense but then the universe is created just well enough to where you feel like it should make a bit more sense i guess yeah surreal is a generous word for it i think (laughs) uh what did you say things that don't make sense (laughs) yeah okay well i'll give away the first thing she said so we were about 25 minutes in and she was like oh my god so nothing real ever happens in this movie (laughs) so far not one normal thing has happened what is this <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have some big like words written down that we'll get to. <laughs> um but yeah, I wanted to mention a couple other things too. So I'll, we'll save two actors as a reveal, two famous actors that have kind of short parts in here. I won't talk about them right now. We'll talk about them when they actually come up because there are some kind of surprises. But then uh you probably recognize some other main actors in this movie, right? Like probably Bradley Whitford. Yeah, from uh, the West Wing. From the West Wing, yeah. I never watched West Wing, but I know him from uh, Cabin in the Woods. He kind of plays one of these guys behind the scenes, like manipulating what's happening in that in that movie. If you ever seen that, he also plays the dad in Get Out. Oh, so wait a minute. Uh, am I? Are we talking about the same guy? We totally are. Yeah, he's he he was the dude in okay, West good. Wing. Yeah. 
Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, just yeah. Kinda... When I looked up pictures of him, he's like way older and yeah, and looks different. Yeah, he does look a little bit yeah. different. Yeah. And did you recognize the guy that plays Carl too in this movie, Larry Hankin? Uh, I did, but I don't know from where. Um, is that, he's the guy with the nose, right? Yeah, the, he's got a nose, yeah, for sure. And he's kind he's of like... <laughs> he always just has kind of a long face overall. Yeah, distinct Yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's, he's a character actor, so he plays like a police officer in Home Alone. And then where I think we both most recently saw him was he plays like the garbage dump manager in Breaking Bad. Does that ring a bell? That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I just had that picture. Totally. Um, otherwise, Norm Macdonald, he plays one of uh, Sandler's friends. He was also an SNL guy. I don't know if you recognize him or not. He was the he was one of Sandler's friends that was always around, one of Billy's friends. And then the dude that plays uh, Billy Madison's dad, I don't really know him, but I guess he was kind of a character actor and a theater actor throughout the time. And Makes the sense. main, the love interest, Bridget Wilson, she was like an actor, model, and singer. And she kind of was in, I don't know, a handful of movies right around this time period. And otherwise, mm. I don't really know her from anything else. And she's kind of, uh, she married a famous tennis player named Pete Sampras. And that's kind of like the last that I've seen of her actor-wise or anything oh, like that. okay. Yeah. Okay. So just to briefly describe the plot of Billy Madison, which we can do easily because um, there's not much of one. So it's essentially <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a rich boy, and we figure we find out that he actually never graduated high school or went to graduate any of his classes for that matter. And uh, so that's kind of the prerequisite for him to inherit his dad's empire of hotels called Madison Hotels. So he has to go and repeat every single grade from first to twelfth grade, and he has two weeks to do each. And if he successfully completes that he gets to inherit the hotel empire (laughs) (laughs) yeah yep Uh, that's it (laughs) exactly exactly and uh, the movie opens on him screwing off basically drinking daiquiris by the house pool and with his friends and uh, then he realizes oh it's nudie magazine day and uh, gets a uh, golf cart and drives over a bunch of roses and is just being silly off the hook, Adam Sandler. And I don't know. We get to see what kind of magazines he's ordered, which I think is supposed to be funny for supposed us. Supposed to be funny. Yeah, um, I know. Some of yeah. them are definitely, uh, well, I mean, you know, the first one's She Male Fiesta, which is like right. pretty transphobic or very transphobic. Yeah. And then other ones like something about seniors, like over 80. Yeah, and then he gets the normal-looking one, like drunk girls or something. Yeah, um, the most normal one is called drunk chicks. Yeah, <laughs> what's up yeah. with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, it's our first introduction to a thing that keeps happening in the movie. is a big, giant penguin. Oh, boy. That he sees apparently when he gets super drunk and dehydrated. I, I don't know how that's... Yeah. I, I mean, I just can't tr- go to the mindset of the time this came out that where that would be funny you know nico had me had asked me like what is this movie about and i just said uh i liked this movie when i was 12 and i left it at that and so (laughs) then right away she's like okay i i can kind of see what's going on here and so everything about this movie it is a movie that seems geared towards 13 year olds written by 13 year olds 
it's i mean hmm. just <laughs> we, we we're jumping way ahead of like how we think about things but it's really hard to not to pretend that i like this movie because it's um <laughs> it's something that right from the start i was annoyed by and i was made uncomfortable by and <laughs> and, if, and you know it's the first movie i'm watching with my wife too so then i have to like be like yeah that's what my what my podcast is about we're watching shit like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i feel like this was different from all the other movies that we dealt with in a fundamental way. I don't know how to yeah. articulate it, though. I th- um, like, the just substance is, like, entirely missing here. It is. Um, <laughs> it is, for sure. Versus, I don't know, like, Coming to America was almost a grown-up movie. I, even thinking back to Short Circuit, I feel like it explored some themes of, like, machines and consciousness right. and... And it was charming. I think the big difference here is that the every movie that we have watched so far, uh, you know, spans a wide demographic. So both kids, teenagers, mm. and adults watch them. Where little tiny kids probably would have liked to have watched this. You know, most families would not have let them. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Teenagers. This is very almost. This is almost too juvenile for teenagers. You know, there's kind of like a sweet spot here. Right. Just like probably ages 10 to 14 or so and then after that yeah because an adult's not going to want to watch this although i do remember watching this with my aunts and uncles and they were laughing a lot when it came out that's why i think and this actually is kind of a big discussion we should have someday is uh watching these movies through the eyes of someone who was you know seeing it for the first time at the time that it came out texas chainsaw massacre Mm is kind of weird if you watch it now but if you remember when it came out and what it did then you have a lot more respect for it i would say and we'll and we'll drop this after this just to get talking more about billy madison which we both want to do more of um, but <laughs> but as far as texas chainsaw massacre goes one one thing that i think really holds up is that those movies filmed in like the early 70s just have a really creepy feel to them because they have almost more of like a whole movie grainy quality than anything you're going to find these days. Mm. So I will say that's like one thing that does hold up to me in Texas Chainsaw is that there's a creepiness just in the low quality of the filming. I would agree. But then again, it's mm, like there's so much horror that has come since it that was influenced by it. And you have to kind of put yourself in a more naive mindset to to truly enjoy it, I think, or to truly appreciate what it did when it came out. Well, speaking of this, I mean, like, so Billy Madison, and I think this is probably a movie that we can kind of skip over the plot and just talk about scenes and talk about the actual themes because, you know, when I was trying to take notes about the plot, I just kind of wondered what I was even writing. (laughs) Yeah, man, I I tried to, like, go over my notes this morning (laughs) and I was afraid... It's like I don't know what this means. Yeah. Trisket guy. Who? What's Trisket guy? Is was there? Were there Triscuits in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do want to say that, like you know, there are a lot of movies, especially of this time period and just before, that kind of have a similar theme to them. You know, does this movie seem like it was influenced by any other movies that you've seen? I don't think so. One thing can can my mind, and it's a, it's like the very uh, poor man's version of this, but uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Pee Wee Herman. Oh, okay. Because you know you have okay. this kind of like I can see that. Yeah, you have this kind of imbecilic, really annoying character that is hmm. somewhat in a straight world. Although in Billy Madison, the world's not. Yeah, it's 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 just a topsy turvy world in every facet of it. Because nothing, yeah. <laughs> nothing. Will, I mean, if you have any experience being an adult, <laughs> right, <laughs> nothing's right. gonna like ever, 
people it's just people don't interact in a way that they actually do in real life yeah one thing that struck me was that was how it was a kind of a vehicle like a poor vehicle i guess yeah for jokes um oh, yeah. and that's something that happens now a lot like comedy's plot is completely secondary it's all jokes scenes may not relate to each other or relate to the plot but they're there just because there's jokes mm-hmm. to be told so i feel like in that way maybe this this is probably this is the earliest example of that kind of humor that i've seen is it okay uh, and since then yeah like will ferrell yeah his movies are all kind of this way at least most re- his most recent comedies. Sure. Yeah, and they take that to an extreme example, too. I mean, this is like the Borat example, too, of the Borat movies, how you have, like, right. these plots that are not plots at all, but they're just there to, like, say it's a feature film, but really it's just to string together a bunch of skits. Exactly, a bunch yeah. of jokes. Yeah, and, exactly. and, and this is kind of the curse of, like, a movie that, or, you know, not just a movie that was based in the SNL universe, but also actors that come from SNL because they have these chops, you know, they have talent to some degree. I think Adam Sandler is probably a pretty good actor but then they they um kind of stagnate or makes these really really dumb feature films because an idea that uh, works for five (laughs) minutes doesn't work for 90 right anyhow (laughs) after the nonsensical penguin (laughs) yeah and and so um, i I have to stop right there too because like nika was like wait is he like on like some really crazy drugs or something and right no that's just alcohol in this movie yeah makes you hallucinate (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that that definitely narrows the audience to people who haven't drank and who uh have wild ideas about like what could happen if you got drunk but we find out that he has a maid called Juanita who thinks he's hot yeah he is supposed to be at dinner but no he's in the bathtub playing with shampoo and conditioner and shampoo and conditioner are arguing which is better more important. and so just to give the audience right now a taste of what we have to deal with at this point just just play the drop of his different voices oh boy here we go Suntan lotion is good for me this is you the very first scene yep exactly shampoo is better i go on first and clean the hair Conditioner is better. I leave the hair silky and smooth. Oh, Veronica, come on. So hot. Want to touch the hiney? Ask her if um, she would ever go out with somebody from class. No! Just do it! Well, that makes two of us then, baby. But it takes more than two to tangle. Or something like that. (laughs) Oh, Sometimes boy. I, uh, I'm like, I can make voices. Why, why am I not in SNL right now? Like, <laughs> well, well, usually SNL is not just about making voices. It's about, it's about having impressions as well. But you know, Adam Sandler was right. like the guy that made voices, and he was also the, the the guy that inspired kids in the playground to do the voices. You know, I mean, I guess like when I saw this a little bit uh, older than playground days, but you still like. You know, you like did Adam Sandler impressions, you know, those kinds of things. Right, right. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess there's more to being on SNL then. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and you know, like I said, in the, like, he was fired from SNL too. I'm not quite sure why, but I think it might have been because Whoa. of things like this. 
what do you mean like because of movies he made and they were like okay this is too no the movies <laughs> came out about right around the same time i think it was just because that he was you know mostly just a wacky character that had voices but didn't really do impressions or anything like that because that's a especially these days that's a really high standard you got to go into the office and do the addition and like have several impressions kind of ready to go that you can do well that's insider information <laughs> from jeff <Yeah. laughs> how to get on snl <laughs> But I, I will say the one thing about the voice that I do find kind of kind of funny or maybe talented is like when he goes from like the, the really, really quiet voice to the yelling voice. I do think that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so like how he uh, yelled at the kid Yeah, just exactly. He's like, ah, ask her uh, if she would like to. Just do it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We have some, uh, oh, I guess I shouldn't skip over dinner. He drinks soup or eats soup very loudly. Slurps it. Yep. Uh, we are uh, introduced to Eric Gordon, who uh, we find out pretty quickly that he is set to take over the company because Billy Madison is such an idiot. And uh, Eric keeps making faces at him, and <laughs> his response becomes saying gibberish, literal freaking yes. gibberish. Yeah, play, play a clip of that. Oh, man. Why, though? Why? Billy, eat your soup. It's good soup. Well, gentlemen, I can't thank you enough for coming out here this evening. Uh, please, Billy, please, no gibberish tonight, please, I beg you. Sorry, Daddy. Uh, this is a big night for me tonight, gents. I, uh, I have an important announcement to make. Get Billy, get the hell out of here! <clears throat> I have nice trouble you, imagining Hello. how this was funny. Yeah. yeah you could stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said you have trouble imagining how this was funny? Yeah. I mean, I intellectually understand that, like, some people must have done the things that seem uh, pretty passe now or just old yeah. tricks, you know? But I can't physically or emotionally. <laughs> Like I could with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre move myself back in time to appreciate this. Nope. I was trying the whole movie and I was really trying to, I was trying to give it like, you know, because this, this came by request. So, you know, this still holds up enough in people's minds, <laughs> at least some people's minds to like where they want to request hearing it. Or maybe they just want to torture us. I don't know if that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then there's a scene that I, cannot find like a reason for where he's hanging out with his friends at a burger joint they throw pickles oh at the at the glass and then once they start moving down they it seems like a race between the pickles which one is going to go down yep. faster um he's asked you know who do you want to do jack nicholson or meg ryan oh my God. that kind of yeah. thing put dog um, poop and then on we neighbor's get yards scene. yep exactly uh Old man Clemens apparently is the victim of this of this repeated bag of shit prank, uh, and then we find out about the whole thing that I, you already know, which is he needs to uh, uh, go through school again, each grade in two weeks <laughs> in order to uh, take the company and not have Eric take over. Oh man! So I just want to say when I was um, when I was eighteen or nineteen, so I just I just had left high school. 
I tried to go, I tried to re-enroll in high school just to take one music theory class because in the town I grew up mm-hmm. in, there was, that was the only way you could take a music theory class. So I wanted to wow. try and study that and they wouldn't let me in yeah. even as an 18 year old. So wow. seeing this, like, <laughs> you know, the premise where a 27 year old, right. like right away goes back to first grade, literally first grade. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's, it's a it's a premise that's, that's hard to movie. swallow. <laughs> right. I mean, I didn't have trouble like suspending my disbelief where it was like this is the world of the movie. Like he is going to go to first grade, fine. But then it's <laughs> it's the randomness. So like at this point, I think so I much randomness. just sort of abandoned take abandon taking notes and I have the word culture like it's kind of demanding mm. like was this is this somehow describing American culture? Like, does the word culture and this movie, do they, should they be in the same sentence ever? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I don't really think so. I mean, I think it's kind of like, and, and this is the big debate as to like whether or not, you know, I I mentioned it was a surreal movie. And so how intentionally surreal was it? (laughs) Or like how just kind of infantile was it? Infantile. What a good word. Yeah. Because, you know, so right away we go to, when we meet his first grade teacher, Miss Lippy, she's kind of mm. a weirdo. I mean, at least in the scheme of the movie, she like dances to Indian music when the class is out on break and things like that. Um, yeah. And then when they're doing a glue project, Sandler, Billy starts eating the glue, like literally just eating right? it, while she yep, just sm- yep. slathers the glue on her face. On her face, right. I think... Like, I had to imagine, like, maybe there was some kind of edible glue that was a new thing <laughs> at the time. And so that's how the jokes make sense. <laughs> it, but I don't know if that's true. Was it, Is that true? I mean, there was Elmer's glue, which I guess technically was edible or at least non-toxic. But, you know, still, it's glue. And mm. it didn't, like, taste good, I guess. But I don't know. I think it's the kind of thing that if you're a little kid, you might, like, eat some of that stuff. Or you might, like, yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, maybe it's related to this that he really likes snack packs, uh, which are apparently right, pudding. Right. He really demanded it from Juanita, his maid, and she wouldn't give him some. And the bit about eating glue came after that. It did. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe he was hungry for that texture. It <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes more sense than a lot of things, though. On his first day to to school, he uh, sees his love interest for the movie, which is a third grade teacher, mm-hmm. and she calls his you know, whatever he's up to, pathetic, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that was the character where Nico pointed out. This She's like, oh, this is the first real human in the movie. This is the first person that, like, yeah. isn't, yeah, taking his shit or doing, yeah, right. just going along right. with his weirdness. Because, you know, in Miss Libby's class right away, he, like, drops the F-bomb. He says, like, find the fucking dog when they, like, read the story. Right. Yeah, she's, oh, that's what dog means. Okay. Oh, that's what dog means. Um, what do you mean? In my notes. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, I have hug... <laughs> Dog dodgeball. (laughs) (laughs) But so throughout this whole ridiculous premise, I want to just play a quick clip of the audio of Eric scheming to get back at Billy because he's taking this so seriously. and He's literally talking about a man that's graduating first grade. Do you want to play a drop of that? Yes. Brian Madison for you. Tell him I'm out to lunch. Billy Madison. A buffoon. And yet... A threat to my eventual takeover of this company. A menace. And what do we do with a menace? We eliminate it. We eliminate Billy Madison. 
And that came right after minor school shenanigans, like talking about video games and right. asking for... Yeah, you know, debating like Mortal Kombat and like Donkey Kong, I think, was the debate they were right. having. Nico just thought that was so funny too about how there's this guy that's literally like scheming to maybe kill Billy Madison while he's like playing with his pet rat. I didn't notice the rat. I'm glad you noticed it because that seems like kind of a big deal. Well... You know, In it's weird because it actually was just a cage, but I don't think you actually saw the rat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you, that makes me feel better. Yeah, I don't think you physically actually see a rat, but then it's just there's you know it, it's like a rat cage. And <laughs> so the I have the word fart here. I think he he made the fart sound during like second grade maybe. And then there was a joke about the urinals being. Yep. Yep. He like yeah fell down when he was trying to get to the low urinal. The fart sound happened right. when he was uh, just about to graduate first grade and like Miss Lippy was roll calling. So she like calls everyone's name and then when she calls his uh, name, he makes a fart sound and all the kids laugh. Right. So that was I was right. supposed to be like, you know, That's he's winning great. over his peers. <laughs> 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 but yeah. anyways, he, he does graduate first grade. He does. Sorry, there was a nonsensical beat about milk. He like offered milk to... The oh, first, the right. third grade teacher, Virka Vaughn. Yeah. And she was like, no, that's yeah. for a classroom. And he was like, well, can take it or something? And I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry I brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wrote that down uh, too, but I don't know how to bring it up. But he says something like, this can be our milk. Right, right. Like, something so yeah. weird. I don't, I don't understand yeah. how it's anything really. So. No, everything was so weird. Surreal doesn't really fit. Um infantile doesn't i mean this doesn't feel infant is it infantile to be <laughs> to i would say milk? juvenile Ju- juvenile is like a more descriptive juvenile. term yeah for sure and but i can see how you say surreal because some of these are some of these are not uh like you can't justify that scene any other way than like i i don't know yeah we skipped over the the, the first part where I kind of thought we're getting entering pretty surreal territory at least momentarily when after his dad tells him what he has to do how he has to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, go back and repeat every grade. He just starts randomly dancing to a song that plays. Oh, yeah, yeah. right, right. A song that plays off camera, not off camera, just it's not um, in the no, scene. No, it's not in the scene. Nope, it's just we, the audience hears it. Apparently Sandler can hear it and he starts dancing to it. And that lasts like, yeah. I don't know, for almost a minute while he like dances down the stairs. Um, so <laughs> I see how the word surreal fits. Because it's like you can't, I can't see possible humor in there. I can't see a plot point. I can't see character development. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. And the, the scenes are just, they're there. just all That's... there, totally. I don't want to go into the plot in a whole lot of detail, but I just want to say that, you know, every time he graduates, he gets a, a very lavish party thrown. Um, at the yep. first party, this clown falls over and like seems to die. Right. Like blood come out, comes out of his mouth exactly. and like his eyes kind of glaze over, and and nobody reacts. Everyone laughs. Everyone laughs like a death. maniac. Like all the <laughs> teachers, the maid, all of his friends, they all just laugh like crazy. And then there's also the whole yeah. thing about how there's a creepy janitor who's kind of acting as a spy for uh, for the Eric character. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, he, he passes grades by just doing very arbitrary things, like passing a spelling bee or something of the sort. Exactly, for second grade, yeah. I guess we have to talk about he actually gets into Miss Vaughn's class, so he figures out that the hot woman that he's into is actually Miss Vaughn. 
Uh, he makes fun of a stuttering kid. So that's the first moment where Nico is like, oh, wow, this is like how a real person would react to this guy. So, you know, he like, she like drags mm. him on the hallway and she says like, are you a psycho? What the hell is wrong with you? You're making fun of a kid for stuttering. He's, I don't know, since some, something about uh, I can't hear you because you physically abused me or some such thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you made me deaf. I don't know. Says. I don't know how. I think if he didn't make the noises, the voices and the noises, like I would be like, why are we... What's with this main character? We, he, there's nothing likable about him. <laughs> I, and I guess he's just the fact that it's Adam Sandler kind of saves the day. Are the voices and the noises the thing that makes him likable, though? I think the fact that he's Adam Sandler makes him likable. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. I mean, I think that a lot of people do hate on Sandler. Like the character, the fictional character that we have is the complete jackass. But also, if you actually have enjoyed him at some point or other, it's at least his comedies for sure. Um, there is a style that goes with an Adam Sandler movie that you expect and that you're comfortable with, where there's going to be Rosani shenanigans that I guess really don't make any sense. And uh, you know that he's a good-hearted character because it's Adam Sandler, and he's always naive and wants to, I don't know, make people happy every once in a while. And does really cute things every once in a while, but can also be a zany yeah, jackass. I think that would that would sit better with me if the jokes weren't also mean spirited, because yeah. anytime there's an overweight person, they have to like make fun of them. There's this running gag about how the principal is a closeted gay man. Maybe not even closeted, but how you know how he's right. gay and his whole thing. He always says, he, "I'm horny," and then right yeah. away when he goes in the classroom, he. He confiscates a note the kids are passing around, and it says, like, oh, I'm mm. so glad to look at this tub of lard all day. And if I was him, I'd walk my right. fat ass into oncoming traffic. That's pretty it's dark. It's pretty dark, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coming from, I don't know, second Totally. Graders. And, uh, you know, Chris yeah. Farley is, plays a bus driver. He, like, has a cameo. And there's a mention about how he stole, like, 30 lunches. And then we just have a clip of... Oh my god! Yeah, that was so funny. Eating the weird. lunches with and the random. friends, and like the friends are apparently on this field trip too. <laughs> yeah, and like, what is that? <laughs> Who eats a bunch of lunches that are meant for kids? And how was that funny? That's the biggest question. How is that funny? I mean, I when did this movie come out? Actually, nineteen ninety-five. You, you mentioned. Holy shit! Are you? Kidding oh yeah. Me? I mean, did you think it came out earlier? No. I mean, I mentioned I was like a, you know, I was like twelve, thirteen. So yeah, that was nineteen ninety-five. Hmm. That, I don't know how to do it. It seems that. older than that? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I feel like a lot of really good movies came out. <laughs> well, okay. So, Before we can this. say one of the big reveals, but then when uh, Sandler is trying to make amends with any, everyone, who does he call? Steve yeah. Buscemi. Yeah. So, Steve Buscemi. That was the funniest thing I thought. In the I movie. thought it was the funniest thing as well. Although, we can get into this a little bit too. But uh, So, so let's, let's actually describe the scene here. So, Adam Sandler is realizing that he maybe was a bully when he was in high school. And so he's calling oh, people yeah. that he picked on. Although, as per the movie, usually we get like kind of, you know, three or four people he's talking to, but we just get one person. And it's Steve Buscemi. Right. He says, hey, man, I'm sorry that for anything I did back then. And and what, what, what does the Steve Buscemi character do? Uh, he's like, okay, I accept your apology. And then he turns and he has a list of people to kill. And he crosses uh, his name out Billy Madison totally out. and what does he do after that I don't know actually he lays mind. on his couch and smears lipstick all over his mouth oh that's right that's right yeah. of course yeah so is that just, I don't know I mean I think th had 
uh, Hannibal, Hannibal, not Hannibal. Uh, Silence yeah, of the Lambs. I think that must be like a out. Buffalo Bill reference, right? Yeah. So, so again, yeah. I wonder. Yeah. It, it, so it must have been out, right? Uh, Silence of the Lambs. I think that was like 1992. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was out before okay. this movie. But yeah, so again, kind of equating um, like being a psycho to the same thing as like being a cross-dresser or you know wearing lipstick as being the same thing as being a person that wants to kill people yeah i mean that was silence of the lambs doing though i don't know if you can fault the movie for being insensitive here yeah yeah and now i'm a little more bummed about this movie because it came out in a world where Silence of the Lambs was received well. And it also came out in the world where <laughs> you know, next year was Fargo, which uh, Steve Buscemi was a starring character in that. <laughs> wow. And it came out after Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> so, you know, Steve Buscemi decided to be in this movie, despite the fact that, like, it, I don't know, the script must have been complete nonsense. But I guess he had such a small part and maybe he just, like, had fun doing it. Who knows? Right. And it it's not a bad joke. It's a funny joke. Sure. And it's kind of the one thing that works in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that works. <laughs> yeah, not yeah I, I really like Steve Buscemi. I wish he did more leading characters or somebody, yeah. you know, write something for him. Yeah. When they're going to the field trip, uh, somebody dares uh, Billy Madison to touch, or maybe he brings it up himself to touch um, Veronica Vaughn's No, boobs. I think someone else brings that up, and then his, res- his first response is, hey, that's assault. Yeah, But then exactly. he does it anyways. So he knows exactly, right, right. And the... Teacher just kind of smiles like, ha ha, you think you're the only one who has, you know, touched my, or wanted to touch my boobs or whatever. she starts flirting with him after this. Yeah. This is such like a... I guess, I, okay, so here's a question. Like, mm, I don't know, I mean, I do know kind of how old you were in the 80s when this kind of thing was more Mm -hmm. prevalent, but like, was it ever something that actually uh, was a way of showing interest (laughs) with someone? Oh, you mean like just grabbing um, someone? Was that actually an int- the way of showing interest? Is that you're asking? Uh, I guess what happened in the movie can that does that have any bearing to any reality in this country <laughs> in the past? Like <laughs> at any point in time? I mean, I want to I want to say no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to say in like so many ways. This is the movie. Obviously, it's it's like it's kind of like a 13 year old boy's fantasy world coming true. Uh, like the way that the okay. teacher falls for him, it just makes absolutely no sense at all. Like what charm would you see None. in this guy? He's he's uh, not smart. He talks in stupid voices all the time. He makes fun of other kids. I mean, I guess the one redeeming right. thing he does is that when his friend Ernie pees his pants, he like also yeah, acts exactly. like he pees his pants and kind of tries to make it seem like, you know, pee and, your pants is cool. That's, yeah, that's, the, that's how adults do it yeah. or something. Um, and I, then that was the turning point for completely hokey turning point for uh, Miss Veronica Vaughn. It was. To start liking It did him. start, though, before then, though. I think it started with uh, the assault on the bus because, you know, the next scene is they're, like, walking side by side at the yeah, petting zoo. Right. And she was talking about how, um, oh, you know, lots of people tried to, like, grab me before like that. Or, like, you're not mm-hmm. the first guy that's trying to do right. that. Like, Jesus Christ. Right, exactly. Come on. Exactly. Oh, and there's an upskirt joke. Oh, God, I guess. from the bus driver. The bus driver. Yep. Yeah. Pretty creepy. He looks up at her skirt when she goes in. And, uh, but then we get into third grade. Wait, so he graduates. Yeah, third grade he does. Yep, he does. He graduates third grade, and then there's another party, of course. And, uh, let's see. Who will help me destroy Billy Madison? Is, uh, Eric. <laughs> uh, Eric says at the party, and we have shots of the principal. And one of his friends, so implying one of those guys. Um, 
And uh, he, at that party, like almost puts his hand around Veronica, but it seems like he's, uh, after the peeing thing, he takes Veronica into his tent, which is apparently where he lives now, um, <laughs> to study. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know either. <laughs> and they are, they see his, uh, or she sees his porn collection inside the, oh, or a, a porn collage right. inside the bathroom. He's like a, a weird jack-off porta potty. Right. right. Yeah, just you open the door <laughs> and, and there's like a bunch of like porn pictures plastered and like women moaning. Yeah, and he says it's something, I don't remember how he, he says something idiotic as in like, oh, it's not porn, it's, I don't know what. Um, oh, he, say, he says like that. Was, like, like it came that way or something like that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right, right. And Veronica Vaughn is magically really attracted <laughs> to him now and really wants to make out. Um, oh man! And uh, he says, like, she asks him what he's thinking about, and I don't understand. I did not understand what the hell was going on when he said like ice oh, cubes. Oh my god! Something about a buffalo, yep, a golf pitching club. wedge. Yeah. Yeah, what the? F- I think it was trying to be kinky, but then it's like kinky in this like thirteen-year-old way where you don't really understand what sex is yet. Okay, so those are, were not like sex terms that I kind of missed. No, no. I mean, I guess like the ice cubes seem that you know that seems pretty like obvious and standard, I guess. But then, is it? What do you do with the ice cube? You kiss with well, it? You know, like rub it around and stuff like that. Oh, mm, that sounds nice. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will try that sometime. Where did you go? I'm right here. Oh, you're. <laughs> Give me other ideas. What's the witch thing? Or I the... see. I don't know. It's in, and then that, that's where it just gets like off the rails. And it's supposed to be like that on purpose. Buffalo? Yeah. I okay. mean, it's just. Who knows? I mean, who knows if this guy okay. has any experience at all with women? If this is like the first time he's ever like dated someone? It kind of seems like it in lots of ways. It kind of seems like it's a first person he's interacted with in lots of ways <laughs> he did apparently like was the king of his high school at one oh, point weird yeah. yeah and the fact that he drinks and does doodly things with his dude friends yeah. makes me think he was some kind of asshole you know attractive guy at some point well Maybe. and Who also knows? we do have like i think every woman in this movie wants to fuck him you know, we have like the mom <laughs> where like her her husband's in jail, and so she really wants to get down with him. The maid talks right. about it so many times. She's like, "Oh yeah, you can, I can take off my shirt for you, or you can shave my armpits." Yeah, right, right. Um, mm-hmm. And then if, to make him go to back to school, that's y- funny. Was, yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't know why I said that's funny. No, it's, it's not, not funny. funny. No, no, it's not at all. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's also an offensive stereotype right there. The maid in and of itself like that's that that that's not a very like doesn't hold up <laughs> no no such a strange cultural object <sighs> i know and i was so um, curious about how we were going to talk about it and my question is being answered in real time because we're just not talking about it we're mostly just talking about how baffled and how annoyed we were (laughs) i mean do we do we need to is there anything we need to like talk about to like kind of piece together this plot in a way i i i don't know i have poofed and with a little cloud written like there's genuine um frustration like what what am i doing Mm. with my life why am i watching this movie yeah why why didn't why did Jeff pick this? I didn't. You know, I didn't pick this. Like, <laughs> I, I was just writing down an unbiased yeah. list of movies I haven't well, seen. Well you're supposed to make executive decisions. Uh, like Well, the other I movies need were worse. Something out of these movies to keep me interested. <laughs> like 
We were talking the whole episode about how we, <laughs> how this was a terrible movie. But but also um, you have to keep in mind too that I haven't seen it since I was fourteen or so. That's probably the last time I saw it, and so. So so what? Well, I mean, I have never seen it, and, <laughs> and I had to yeah, watch it. I know I had to watch it. I mean, <laughs> talk yeah, about Nico it. I had to watch it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were tracking down whoever, or I'm tracking down whoever recommended this, and yeah, having a serious talk with them. Well, he's your Just he's your good friend, so yeah, will be used. <laughs> and I was trying to find a way to. Love is a really strong word. I was trying to find a way to not hate this movie, to not detest this movie. Um, and right, because, yeah. you know, right from the first scene, it's like daring you. It's like, mm, yeah, you're going to watch this? <laughs> <laughs> Where he's just doing goofy voices and putting like suntan lotion on his body. Yeah. And yeah, making fart noises. Like, it wasn't difficult watching this. It was like a very mindless thing. And I guess there's maybe truth to that. Uh, or not truth to that, just value in that. Sure. Yeah, it, I mean, it was kind of difficult to watch, though. I mean, just right away, just everything about it made me kind of uncomfortable. Just like, oh, my God, I don't like seeing this. I don't like seeing these interactions. I don't like hearing these voices. <laughs> 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 That's true, too. There was, I mean, I, I think I've expressed enough frustration that yeah. that part of, I don't need to voice that part. Sure. That, you know, that's why I was like, you know, there's a, there's a sense of enjoyment in well, there too. Yeah, and that that's the one redeeming quality I think there is is that Adam Sandler, so you know, he's made a couple movies that have been critically acclaimed, usually not in the comedy vein. I guess Funny People <laughs> is the one of the few exceptions there where it's kind of a comedic film but also um you know, at least critically not panned. I don't know if it's really acclaimed or not, but yeah. at least, you know, enough people gave it positive reviews. It probably holds like 70% right. on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. But everything else yeah. that he did in the comedy vein is like universally derided by the critic by the, the uh, critic industry, yeah. but yet they are very commercially successful films. Yeah, yeah. So Because you know it's going to be mindless fun. I guess so. I think. Yeah. I mean, and I think I would have probably loved this as a 12-year-old. I just yeah, it's difficult going back you there and probably would have watching it through and those eyes as I did, and as like I think a lot of my friends did. I think we thought this movie was awesome for some reason. Yeah, because probably the plot is very simple. You totally. know what the character mm-hmm. wants and what he's going through, and uh, you just you're not burdened by anything adult. <laughs> and then you have this kind of anarchy too, uh, which I think is really appealing to children. When you where you have like this adult acting in a very anarchic way and just kind of doing whatever they want to and still su- succeeding in the end. You know, kind of like Pee-wee. It's a very nice juvenile yeah. fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Like Pee-wee Herman, like uh, lots of Jim Carrey characters. You know, Jim Carrey like came about the scene right about the same time with similar movies. Okay. Yeah, very similar movies um, that are, I don't know, probably as equally hard to talk about <laughs> that we might have to do someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I guess we will have an executive meeting when we're done recording about how we approach things like this in the future. <laughs> in the future. <laughs> but, I mean, just just yeah. before we get to, like, non-plot-related things and, you know, give our, give our actual star rating, is there anything you want to, like, do we want to try and cover how this movie ends or are we just saying, like, fuck it, it doesn't matter? I like the idea of fuck okay. it. Okay. I keep saying, like, the comedy doesn't make sense and nobody's going to be laughing at that because <laughs> That's <laughs> it, the it wasn't thing. funny to yeah, begin with. Yeah, yeah. 
And then right. you're talking about the plot itself. I mean, there is a plot, but then it's based on comedic beats that don't really make a whole lot of sense. Exactly. We should talk about Steve Buscemi. At the end, somebody needs somebody's threatening Billy Madison, I think, is about to kill yeah, him Eric, or something. Yeah, Eric. Uh, so there's like a Jeopardy-style competition, and that's how they decide whether or not he graduates high school. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. If he... the, 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 the whole montage of like what they're doing for each, uh, you know, because there's 10 events, that's a decathlon, yeah. and like one event right. is Eric's doing like a complicated math problem, and Billy just writes like Eric drinks his pee. Yeah, right. And then another one is they're doing a science experiment, and Billy pulls his shoe out of it. Right. Like, it, none of it makes any sense at all. But somehow, at the end of all that, they've done nine events, and Billy is ahead by one point. <laughs> and uh, who knows how, because he seems to... <laughs> uh, like, most of the academic things, he loses. Uh... And that would mean that if Eric even won the last event, it would be a tie then, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how the number system works, or their point system. I figured... Well, it's it's ten events, so I guess they did nine so far. Hmm. Or maybe they did 10 already, and then that was like an extra one. Who knows? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, there's the whole thing with revolting yep. Bob. We don't need to talk about I was about. going to mention that. Um, yep, so you got to do more fat shaming. And so the principal, it turns out he was a pro wrestler, and he accidentally killed a guy in the ring, and his name was the Revolting Blob, because he's kind of a bigger guy. Oh, Blob? Blob. Yep. Oh, that's it's, worse. It's, I mean, revolting is bad enough no matter what, but then Revolting Blob. Yeah, that's like dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah but he, he helps save the day as Revolting yep, he Blob. he does. Of course. Yep, he comes dressed as a Revolting Blob and tackles, tackles Eric, tells Billy he's horny again, because he's got to do that. <sighs> oh, and he starts mm-hmm. humping Billy like a dog, too, when he, like, hugs him at the end and says he's horny again. Let's talk about the kisses, and then we won't talk about anything else, but, like, the, the series of kisses at the very end. Oh, yeah, everybody kisses. I I think I was too frustrated to write down who's kissing <laughs> well, who. I, I was, too, but then I had to write down because it just was, like, so crazy and obscene, like, who was kissing who. Because, yeah. you know, so Billy and Veronica kiss. That's what starts it. So then one of his friends yep. kisses the lunch lady. And then Miss Lippy kisses uh, the clown. Two teenage boys start oh, kissing like the uh, the mom that's supposed to be kind of like t- promiscuous, like the mom that has the uh, husband that's in. Yeah, right. Yep. No, no. Um, his other friend tries to h- kiss a high schooler girl. She pushes him away at least, but yeah, he tries to kiss like a girl that's obviously in high school. Steve Buscemi kisses Juanita, and the bus driver kisses uh, the yeah. penguin, and then the penguin gives him a hand job. Oh, I missed yep. that. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, that's the very. I mean, you don't. You obviously don't see it, but you see like <laughs> the, the, the penguin's fin going early. Fin? Yeah. yeah. I guess the penguins have fins, right? Yeah. Uh, the penguins. F- or wing. wing. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a. You know, it's flapper. <laughs> <laughs> It's little yeah, penguin yeah. hands. He's like going down and Chris Farley like getting a look of ecstasy on his face. <laughs> and then it pans back to Veronica and Billy kissing way too long. Oh, God. And then they gnash yeah. at each other like I, 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 like with their teeth. And then that's the very mm. end of the mm-hmm. movie. There is also the O'Doyles who rule, apparently. In each grade, there is an O'Doyle. And he's all like, O'Doyle rules. He does something right. bully-like. And uh, Billy says at one point that I think your whole family is going down. <laughs> And we literally see the whole family in a car and they get into... Oh, 
Oh my god, I don't want to talk about the banana peel. I, I, I want I to, guess. I want to, because, yeah, so there's okay. a banana peel, and the whole banana peel happens in the strangest, the bus driver eats the banana in the strangest way possible. He's like, yep, yeah. here's another trick of the day, a good old ripe banana. <laughs> he just says a bunch of nonsense while he's peeling the banana, right. and then he throws it out the window, and then apparently many days later, the O'Doyle family slips on the banana peel in their car and goes off of a cliff. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I want to say that was the cheapest car going off the cliff gag in movie history. <laughs> you don't see any explosion. You don't see any smoke. You hear like oh, the yeah, worst sounding yeah. bomb thing. It's just like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like it could be someone's mouth doing it. Probably was. Uh, it could have been. I mean, yeah. And like, because, you know, you don't know if these kind of jokes are intentional or not, or just like, just poorly done. The generous view is that they were the first time jokes like that had happened. And mm. so we got much funnier versions of them later on. Yeah. Yeah, that could be. And, you know, I mean, this movie did influence other movies that did get more critical right. success. Like, I think Judd Apatow, I think lots of its films kind of like are in this vein where you have this man-child. Right. But the man-child's not so annoying. The, the movies are rooted in a lot more reality. And there's, a, you know, like there's an overall less problematic view of things and a little bit more sweetness that happens in those movies. I wonder if this is true, that we see sort of a progression to toward more real things. I, as I say that, that doesn't sound right to me. Like, Hollywood started making or being more faithful to reality or had to be after like years of just in the world of movies there are certain things that happen certain yeah. way like Breaking Bad was successful because it was so faithful to what might happen in reality but at the same time it was amped up reality right it was almost like a uh, a comic book version of what could happen but it was like very much I mean the emotions were real the interactions with people were real yeah. even if like the events were kind of a bit fantastical. Right. I'm 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 scratching my head over this comment I just made because lots of comedies now are definitely not tied to reality. Yet they're I don't know what I I don't know. <laughs> I'm arguing I mean comedy's always hard to cover no matter what because I think comedy more than any other genre doesn't age well. And so that's certainly yeah, happening yeah. here. But even when it came out, you know, I mean like critics did not love it at all. And yeah. <laughs> It doesn't seem like there was any effort put into it in one way. It's like, yeah, we've got this uh, large structure. Let's throw in some jokes right. and, <laughs> and and put a weird fucking musical number oh in the middle of it God. toward the end. Just play the end of the musical number yeah. since we have a drop of that. There are obstacles in the Was that like a thing? No. The gum no. thing? Like there was no... no... Okay. I mean, <laughs> and maybe it became a thing because of this movie. Like, I think people did say O'Doyle rules after this movie. <laughs> I think... Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but, and the gum thing. But it wasn't referencing anything. It, it was just a really poor... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's trying to be kind of like surreal and funny, but it just is like, Why? Why Why is that yeah. the last line you say of this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a big ask. Um, not not a big ask, like, you know, I'm going to ask you something you can't handle, but, like, ask the big question, mm -hmm. like, can you make sense of this movie for me? Like, what was America like? Why did it sell so much? Um, and you've said that it was targeted toward 
that tiny audience, but you've also said that adults laughed at it. Yeah. So was just randomness uh, new enough at the time that it was uh, special? <sighs> you know, I was wondering all the same things myself, and I, and I think so. I, I think I think because. This is one of the first movies, along with Jim Carrey movies, that took the trope of uh, Pee Wee Herman, that was more geared towards kids. Um, Ernest, we're gonna mm. like probably watch an Ernest movie at some point, but he's kind of the same thing—the lovable goof, the lovable idiot. But those are, you know, mm-hmm. both those movies are like PG rated. They're uh, mostly aimed at kids, and there's nothing really like sexy yeah. or anything like that in them. And this was <laughs> one of the first movies where it took that lovable idiot thing and then made it pervy and kind of gross and a bit more risque <laughs> and offensive. Was this the first Adam Sandler this movie? This was the or? first Adam Sandler movie. Yep, this was the first. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, I think the second was Happy Gilmore. But, you know, I mean, they all follow a pretty similar vein of this. I mean, at least as far as his comedies go. You you said that right, when you entered right, it, you absolutely. knew what you were expecting. You weren't excited about it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because, not, not because I don't like Adam Sandler movies, but because I knew this was going to be old and probably with dated jokes. I, I mean, I think that his movies, even the comedies that come out now have dated jokes. Like, he's been nominated for, like, a record amount of Razzies. Remember we talked about that last time? Hmm, yeah, right. What I like about Adam Sandler is I don't think he's making these movies for anyone besides himself and his friends. You know, he always casts his friends. It always just huh. seems like they're just goofing around and having fun. And I think that's the one redeeming value of lots of these movies is mm. that at least he's enjoying himself, even if, like, you, you know they're right. kind of I don't want to say garbage, but you know they're they're not they're not high quality <laughs> movies for the most part. They have overused gags that are too predictable or just kind of right. too out of left field to really make much sense. They tend to like be pretty offensive and not really in a way that is uh, can be seen as like satire. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about too is that I feel like this model kind of influenced shows like Family Guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. Because the family guy always had these, like, non sequiturs, right? Like, that was part of their whole joke thing, is just having something that's not related to anything, and that's part of the humor. Right. Like, that's the entire idea of the show, is just nonstop jokes, no matter what's going on. And that was kind of this idea as well. Yeah. Is that still on? I think so. Holy shit. Yeah. I haven't watched it for a super, super long time. I keep watching it. Wow. Yeah, see, and that's (laughs) one. I feel judged now. (laughs) I mean. Wow, dude. Grow up. <laughs> well, you, well, you've always known I really haven't liked the Family Guy very much. Like that's just never right. really worked for me. Yeah. And I think it's part of it is just the randomness, of the humor. It feels it, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the work's going into it that I want comedy to do. Like jokes pay off because they're they're built into something usually. They're built into like something you know about the characters, the situation. There's a callback to something that was relevant. And where jokes don't pay off for me mm-hmm. is just when it's like random things that a. Uh, Oh, you know, like in the right. South Park episode where they make fun of Family Guy, like they find out that the Family Guy is written by a bunch of manatees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, I think. I don't know if I've seen it. Uh, it was a long time familiar. ago. But uh, yeah, it was kind of like the, the time when I felt vindicated about my attitude towards Family Guy. Like, yeah, it's, it's random as shit. <laughs> what, yeah. Right. And I think uh, like Family Guy has... Uh, have you seen the episode where Brian and uh, and Stewie are stuck in a uh, safe? They're like in a bank, yeah. That sounds familiar. I think that was one of the episodes you tried to tell me to watch, and I watched it, and I still didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but it's considered one of their mm. best episodes, and it's one that doesn't have cutaways, and it's just Stewie and, and uh, Brian stuck sure. in a bank 
over the weekend. And uh, I think it speaks to your point that that was the episode that people liked and enjoyed more than the rest because it was it had that reality aspect hmm. to it. Yeah, and, and I you know I definitely don't hate Family Guy, but I just it's just not something I like want to watch. Yeah, and I think maybe there is a difference between us here where I don't mind randomness if the jokes are good. And I also feel like you can make fun of anything as long as you have the comedy frame around it. And that's probably a, I don't know, like I may sound like a uh, hypocrite right now because at times I've been like, oh yeah, you know, that's a sexual assault. That's not right. supposed to be funny. But at the same time, I'm saying that if it, if there's a frame around it, then it's not, then it's okay. <sighs> So I'm having an argument with myself right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean that's the that's a constant argue, argument that the comedy world has, and I think there's examples of like those kind of jokes that go way over the line and are not cool at all, and then there are examples of those jokes that do kind of work because the frame is set yeah. up. And I think the most important thing is to set up the attitude of the person that's saying this. I don't know if Family Guy does that enough. It does a lot of punching down, and it does it in a way where I feel like the joke is not on society's view of that, of that, you know, whatever it is, be it a, a different race or a disability or something like that. But instead, it's the joke is the butt of the joke is the actual person that they're punching down to. That's that's right. I get what you're saying. Um, I wonder because this is kind of a fundamental theme of our podcast is how to deal with old. Yeah. Uh, ways of of making jokes and viewing right. things. Do we excuse it because it happened in the past and it was right for its time, maybe right for its time in a different culture, or do we judge it through our own values and uh, society? Yeah, it's constant type of walking in. I mean, I feel foolish because I didn't expect this to be a thing that happened. And, and you know, before every single movie we watch, I'm like, oh, thank God, this is probably not going to be that offensive. And then I'm like, fuck, it's got all kinds mm. of shit in it. <laughs> do I have to talk about this now? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like, this is something I guess maybe we're figuring out as a culture right now. Like, people are getting canceled because of things they did back in the day that I guess are not okay at any time. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were, they grew up, those people, those men uh, in a culture that made them feel like at least to some extent what they were doing was sure. okay. Well, yeah, I mean, this was still at a time period where like, you know, if you were, you know, if you were a white actor, especially a white male actor, you could kind of do and say whatever you wanted to, sort of dropping racial slurs, and it was going to be accepted hmm. by the general public and probably not even thought about. Yeah. And um, if, I wonder if there is a way to Okay, I, I I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm, I I did a yes and and I was like, oh, I can I can make something up yeah. real quick, but I well, but I got nothing. Let's um. And I don't know how much we want to go into this. You know, the fundamental tension between you know what is okay on screen, what mm -hmm. is not, and how much do you excuse old stuff in movies and whatnot, and how much do you right. Let it be. Right. I mean, I think for me, I don't know if I think about it in terms of excuse or not, but I thinking I think about it more in terms of like, oh, I gotta call that out if I'm talking about it. Like this struck uh. me, I have to mention it, and it's not really for me to say whether that should be canceled or whether that should be something that like no one watches. But I I I can say that that's a joke we shouldn't do anymore. That's something that like we shouldn't yeah. see anymore, and we probably don't see anymore in most cases. 
And then lots of other times, too, right. we do see the same things happening. I mean, I think we still struggle with a lot of identity in, in film and TV shows, although that is getting a lot better. But, you know, I think what's most shocking to me in revisiting these 80s and 90s movies is just the lack of the lack of female characters that have any motivation on their own. They're always, every single one of them has been in terms of the male oh, protagonist. Oh, yeah. And this one is like maybe the worst one in lots of ways. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Like she just magically becomes attracted to the guy. I think a lot of the attraction is supposed to be about his wealth. Mm, that's um, the only thing that makes sense. That's what I took. But I don't think it's actually yeah, about that. Right. I think it's about his charming yeah. goofiness, which. <laughs> the movie magic of just. Oh, yeah. Protagonist needs to be liked. Yeah. Like, I know, was it Kevin Hart that made uh, insensitive gay jokes at some point and didn't get to uh, host yeah, the Yeah, yeah, he's one of the, yep, yeah, that was him. So, what about uh, Eddie Murphy? Like, I watched his special on, oh, on Netflix from God. the 80s or what it was, and it was like, holy fuck, this is totally. a horror show of of bad uh, gay jokes. Yeah, he uses so like... why isn't he cancelled? <laughs> well, Kevin Damn Hart it. never got cancelled. You know, I think that he's still starring in lots of vehicles, and he's still making lots of money and, hmm. you know, still respected to some degree in the comedy That's world. True. He just didn't get to host the Oscars. Fair enough. But, as, yeah, okay. and Kevin Hart's tweets were, you know, of a time when there was Twitter. So I think that also that you're not considering ah, the fact that, like, true. these weren't comments made back in the 80s. These are comments made in, yeah, like, right, 2012 right, right. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm satisfied. Well, we've... We didn't really talk about this movie at all, and so I guess we'll have to talk about whether or not we even try to cover these kinds of movies in the future. I think we will, um, just because this is the time, this is the era. Damn it. <laughs> uh, at least put like four or five, not four, I don't know. Just do it sparingly. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Yeah, because... next week I got, a, I got a big surprise for you. It's a complete left turn. Oh, good. Um, so... And I kind of did this movie now just to kind of contrast with next week's movie, which I'm going to mention in about five minutes here or so. But um, okay. first off, like, do you th what, what do you think about this movie as far as a Rotten Tomatoes rating? God, um, <laughs> probably has a, let me think, would it have been of the time? No, like Rotten Tomatoes came out after, so people who like it probably rated it. Uh, with that thought process, I give it like a 75. Oh my God, no, no, 42. Yeah, nowhere near that. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, I mean, like I was saying, like, this was critically panned at the time, and I think it's still... Although, like, I found articles, a lot of articles talking about how it's Sandler's best. <laughs> wow. Like, oh, boy, do, do wow. they get worse from what here? What an insult to... <laughs> yeah, no, I think it... I feel like he improves from there. I mean, I'm I'm now grateful to have seen his... It's like some horrible experience that happens, and then you're like, I'm grateful that this happened hmm. to me. <laughs> in that way <laughs> I'm glad I watched it as you know now I know where he came from yeah, what... yeah for sure and yeah. it's funny too because this wasn't really like a massive hit I would say it's kind of like a cult hit so mm. the budget was 10 to 20 million dollars I heard multiple numbers and it just Holy made crap. like 26 million so it made more okay. but not by much but then after this his movie started making a lot more money and now, all of his movies combined have made uh, over $2 billion. So wow. that's the reason why he keeps on getting, that's, like, Netflix yeah. contracts that are signed for, like, crazy amounts of money. He, you know, that's the reason mm -hmm. why we keep on having these Sandler movies is that they, they do make m money. And they're pretty cheap to make. Right. He doesn't need uh, 
CGI. He doesn't need no. armies. He just needs himself and some ordinary surroundings. Yeah, the most expensive thing I could think of was that he used lots of... There's like a ton of montages with really famous songs that would be expensive to play. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the one thing I was like, okay, well, that's where some of that money went. And I guess, you know, there are some good actors that were shockingly in this, like Bradley Whitford. I think he's a pretty good actor. Steve Buscemi, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, there are those names that like if anytime they want to do anything, I mean, everybody would be happy to do it because they're trusted names. And sure. Money yeah. Making. Well, that's Adam Sandler these days. Yeah. Trusted and money making. And I think this is also like, I think... At the time, this is a movie that was made because people trusted Adam Sandler enough as a person that could make money. Because I think his album yeah. sold, it was double platinum. So that's like huge. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was massive. That is huge. Massive yeah. success. So I think that he was given pretty much free reign to do what he wanted to. And so in some ways, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the comedic version of The Room. <laughs> 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 what's, what, what's your rating? I'll give it... Uh... Two. Two. Two is generous. Is it? Yeah, I was really debating about one and a half, but two. Two feels... <laughs> no, two is too much. One and a half. One and yeah. a half, yeah. I'm probably going to give it just one. Okay. I. That seems mean, and but that reflects... I don't know. I just couldn't get into it at all, and mm. I didn't enjoy watching it, really, and it was just like... Also, maybe I'm giving it a one because it's the first movie my wife watched with me, so I kind of feel bad for her having to like endure this. How did she? Yeah, how did she feel? She was like, "What the fuck is this?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, she thought it was complete nonsense. Yeah, and yeah, I asked her to give her rating too, and first she said half a star, and then she said one and a half. So I, I don't really know what her final thought is, but (laughs) bad and like shockingly bad, and she was like, "Yeah." I can understand why you like this as a 13-year-old boy. I don't understand why you're watching this now. Anyway, so (laughs) for next week, we're doing a left turn completely, and we're going to watch Deliverance, also by request. Do you know anything about this movie? I don't, and I'm glad I don't. Okay, good. Um, It is not anything like Billy Madison, that's all I'm going to say. And that's a good thing in this case. Well, sorry to any Billy Madison fans out there. We just didn't like it. And I'm sorry to anyone that uh, tuned in to learn about Billy Madison because we did a really terrible job of covering that. But um, (laughs) in the end, I think our recommendation is Adam Sandler. You know, go Adam Sandler. But I don't want to watch any more of these comedy movies that feature him, I don't think. Right. Watch. If you're nostalgic, watch Little Nicky or Waterboy. If you're wanting to watch good movies, watch... <laughs> funny People. Uh, funny People and uh, Uncut Gems. That's yeah. different. Wait, wait. So, so you think Little Nicky actually holds up better than this? I haven't seen it in a while, but I maybe it doesn't. But at least I was <laughs> I was the right age when I saw it first. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that that's key to these, I think. Were you expecting to enjoy this when you started watching it? No. Okay. I mean, I was expecting... <laughs> I guess I was expecting to like take more, maybe some more ironic enjoyment out of it. Like I didn't think I was going to think it's a good movie, but I thought I would think it's fun. And mm. I thought neither really. I thought a little bit of fun. A, a little bit of fun. But yeah, like I give it one star of fun. And there were some jokes that definitely landed with me, but then so many didn't land at all. And so many, I didn't have any idea what was going on. And, you know, it just really seemed like if I, if someone gave me the keys to make a movie when I was 13 years old, I would have made something that was pretty close to this. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right.
Yeah, so next week again, we're doing Deliverance by request. If you would like to request a movie, which we do have executive power to veto, I might start using that more aggressively after this week, <laughs> but tweet at us at childhoodu at twitter.com or look us up, you missed my childhood at Twitter. Uh, do you have anything you want to say before we sign off, Ali? No. Thank you, everyone who listened. Goodbye. Thanks so much, guys. See you next week. Bye bye.